Hi everybody, my name is Drew Waldron and thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Niche Talks. This podcast series is dedicated to conversations with artists or experts whose unique work deserves a deeper dive. My guest this week is Josh Elwell. He's a professional puppeteer whose career includes the likes of Doctor Who, The Muppets, and Dark Crystal. Now, Josh has been getting social media attention lately because of his involvement in the cult YouTube series turned TV show, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. For those who don't know, this series has garnered popularity over the last decade by appearing to be a friendly children's puppet show, but tone shifting into a surreal, creepy, and often disturbing program. It's funny, it's weird, and it is one of the most original ideas put to screen in recent years, which is why I am such a fan. Josh gave such a fantastic interview, so I want to get into that as soon as possible. But first, if you'd like to see what he's up to, he is always posting interesting behind-the-scenes content on his Instagram, which is puppeteerjosh, all one word. And now, without further delay, here's my interview with Josh Elwell. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an early morning for me, but it is a lovely afternoon for my guest, Josh Elwell. Josh, how are you? I'm great, man. Yeah, it is. It's it's a rare beautiful uh day here in the uk i'm gonna say rare because it rains all the time that's the cliche <laughs> but it's a beautiful summer day fantastic what what do you think is the best way for you to introduce your career to an audience member who may have not heard of you <laughs> um okay oh yeah that, that's got me on the back foot already it's um, unique you it, it's, well... it's a tough task <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Well, I guess I um, I'm a niche performer, which helps with your podcast. Um, by the way, it's very nice to be in your niche. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I'm happy to but, have you. <laughs> but yeah, it's a niche profession, and um, I'm a puppeteer. I have found myself here through a vicarious route of of um, starting off as an actor, and then kind of getting less interested in it being the focus being on me and realizing that I can perform still, but in a kind of detached way. So, and that's led me down a path of kind of exploring performance through my hands um, and mainly through puppetry. And that's kind of then led me into various different directions. And um, I often describe my career a bit like a washing line in that it's got the odd shiny shirt on it with lots of shit underwear in between <laughs> so um i guess you want to hear about the shiny shirts you don't want to hear about the shit underwear but um <laughs> the shiny shirts have been things like doctor who dark crystal um and don't hug me i'm scared i guess are the most most well-known ones is that enough is that uh, okay I, oh i think that i think that's a fantastic introduction uh my, my <laughs> first question to you was uh you describe yourself on social media like dozens of times you describe yourself as a a mad puppet wizard uh, I was wondering if that's your official job title or if that's just a, a moniker that you've uh, invented yourself. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess it is something I've invented myself. And I tell you why, Drew, because um, what happened to me um, like a year or so ago was that Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared came out on mainstream TV here in the UK. Uh, you know, I had a few followers on Instagram, wasn't too bad, but suddenly overnight, I went to 20,000 plus um, Instagram followers who, who are, of course, not really interested in me. They're, they're kind of interested in don't hug me, I'm scared. Well, let's hope they're interested in both. <laughs> but I, I kind of I looked and I thought, who, who are these people? Who, who are the people that really like this kind of stuff that I'm involved in? And I thought, 
Well, you know, they're, they're young, often creatively minded. You know, they like to make things quite a lot themselves. They like to look at the alternative ways and how to look at things a bit differently. So I thought, well, what, what, what could I be for them? How could I help them? And I thought, I know, I'll be a mad puppet wizard. So that, that was the kind of role I gave myself. <laughs> I think that is just a symptom of, you know, being involved with something with such a massive, massive cult following. Uh, so I, th I think since you brought it up, it'd be a great place to start your work on Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Did you sure. have, I I'm assuming you weren't involved, before I ask this question, you weren't involved in the YouTube series or were you involved in the YouTube series? No, I wasn't. And I, I, tell, you, I tell you about that. Um, mm -hmm that I, I, I'm, I'm, it would be more correct to say I'm a mad old puppet wizard because <laughs> I, I've probably got, you know, I've got kids of probably your age, you know, um, and one of the, I had kids really young, which was in one way a bad thing because I wanted to be off getting stoned with my friends and I couldn't, <laughs> I was changing nappies. Um, but in another way, it was really good because then when I was kind of, you know, um, getting into cool and funky things my kids were uh, sort of young adults and were into it as well so we we kind of become friends and then a lot of their their friends become my friends um so this leads to what i'm saying which is that one of my son's friends years back said josh you've got look at this crazy shit on youtube look at this stuff you're gonna love this and he was right, you know, I saw the YouTube series and I thought, wow, this is some mad stuff right here. And um, I then realized that they were associated with a particular production company. And so I just sort of wrote to them I, and I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm a professional puppeteer. I'm doing work on kids TV. Um, I really love what you're doing because it's very different. And, um, you know, it's not kind of cute i mean it, it starts cutesy but then it goes dark and i love this kind of you know mixture of different uh, genres that you're using and then turning it into something very much of your own I, I guess i just spent a bit of attention looking at what they were doing and loved it as everyone does or all the fans do anyway <laughs> and they amazingly just like got back to me and said you know what we're making a pilot for a tv show and um we've looked at your stuff and you know I think at the time I might have been doing Dark Crystal. Maybe it was just before that. Um, but they, they said, oh, we've looked at your stuff. We, we, we don't really know what we're doing with puppets. We're kind of making it up as we go along. Um, and we'd love some input. So I was invited to go and take part with, in that pilot. And then that pilot was four, four or five years ago now. Um, and it, it took a long time to move from the pilot to the TV show. But I think the fact that I did that pilot and the fact that I connected with them and really enjoyed what they were doing um, got me on board. And yeah, then I found myself as one of the two lead puppeteers for the, for the TV series. That is incredible. And it's even more incredible that they told you that they were making it up as they go along because you look at the <laughs> final product and it's yeah. unbelievable. I remember waiting for, you know, because I, I am uh, one of the cult fans and yeah. I was waiting for the TV show to come out because they announced it in like 2017 or 2018, whatever it was. And then once I saw the final product and I was like, why did this take so long to come out? And you you look at the production quality and how intense and dynamic it is. And you realize, oh, that's why it took so long, because they were putting endless amounts of effort into it. 
Uh, yeah. Was it a long production for you? Um, yeah, it was it was a pretty intense um, production. I'm not trying to think how it was four months, four, four intense months in a hot uh, studio in London um, a couple of summers back. And um, yeah, it was probably the, some of the most difficult and challenging and hardest I've ever worked on a TV set, to be honest, because <laughs> there was so much to do in such a short space of time. But um, I think I think that the, the other thing I was going to say mm-hmm. in reference to what you were just saying was that if you look back at the YouTube stuff, then, <clears throat> you know, there's been a huge evolution. You know, you look at the early stuff, it is a bit more rough and ready. And then as it's evolved, it's, you know, it's become, it's always had that same kind of style, but it's kind of the production value has got better and better and better. And then, you know, uh, the recent series, yeah, well, it's just got it all going on. I mean, just just the kind of um, thing of uh, rotoring out rods and puppeteers and all that kind of stuff is a huge, huge job. So that in in itself would have taken weeks if not months absolutely it's crazy to think that it literally is a a decade-old uh property a decade-old project uh and because of that there are so many people who have questions about the lore or some hidden secrets uh do you, do you ever get, get any people questioning you about uh, uh what what the true meaning behind an episode is or what the actual secret behind something is especially with that very uh mysterious finale yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, yeah, there's all those things in there. And what what's I think is really exciting about it is it's like a multi-layered uh, experience. And, you know, I've, I've heard people say how they watch it once and then they watch it again and they see something else and they watch it again. And they discover something else. It has all these kind of different layers and and they're definitely there. I mean, you know, Becky, Joe and Baker, who are the producers of the show, definitely go to a lot of trouble to make sure that there's a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of things written in and hidden into the design, the script, the story. It's all there for you to find. Um, As far as there being one true meaning, um, well, hmm, yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, if we could get a quick breakdown on what, like, specifically uh, you, you puppeteer on Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. I know that you, I, I, I did yeah. scroll through your Instagram a little bit. I know that you uh, do puppeteer the the yellow guy. You puppeteer duck on some shoots. Uh, what, what are what are some big moments that you are responsible for? Well, yeah. So the way, the way it worked um, was that uh, we were filming two consecutive sets at the same time. And um, so I was in charge of the puppetry on one set and my colleague Lisa Gillespie who's an amazing Northern Irish puppeteer was taking care of the other set um so it's weird for me to watch because some of the scenes I'm playing everything and then some of the scenes I'm playing nothing <laughs> so um and we had we had a, a team of really talented uh, assistant puppeteers who kind of went between the two sets and and helped us and performed extra characters and all those sorts of things as well so, yeah, there are some scenes when I watch it and go, oh, wow, I'm all over that one. But then I'm like, oh, that, wow, I, I didn't even know that happened, you know, because I wasn't there. I was, it was happening on the other side of the studio. But I think in terms of, like, key moments, like, I, I personally, I really love Duck because he's, <laughs> um, he's, 
like I think I spend most of my life putting on a kind of jolly sort of friendly happy exterior but really I'm like duck underneath you know I'm like what you know what do you want what what are you after why it's mine you know this kind of (laughs) This kind of attitude, which I kind of feel like I'm suppressing to be a Mr. Nice Guy. So to have the opportunity to uh, express that part of myself through a puppet was very cathartic. <laughs> but I mean, there were some uh, some amazing additional characters, just amazing um, guys on there. And um, wow, I'm just trying to think of what were some of my favourite I mean, Warren the Eagle's amazing, isn't he? And um, yeah, this, what's your favorite? Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I remember like la- laughing out loud at uh, this is such a small moment in the show, but I thought the funniest part, like part for me was a, uh, was unemployed Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my name's just Brendan. Oh, hi, unemployed Brendan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, um, that's me. That's me. Probably. That's you. Oh my then, God. That's so especially the bit where he's punching the wall. That's not, you know, he's like, Oh my God. How, how lucky is that, that that's you. That's awesome. <laughs> By the way, that was a, that was a fantastic duck impression that you uh, snuck into the conversation there. That did not go unnoticed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't take credit for that mm-hmm. because that is the amazing voice of, of Baker Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when, when you've got your hand up a puppet, you can't help, but kind of, get uh you know if in this case uh most of the voices are done by baker joe and and um becky so um but i got very carried away and very as i said very connected with doc so i'm sort of feel like i can use his voice a little bit it's only impersonation of the real deal mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people don't even though it absolutely is i feel like a lot of people don't perceive puppetry to be acting but what is it like yeah. to try to get the entire physical manifestation of a character's personality just in your hands and have to yeah. deal with that, like fake eye contact and expression? Uh, how do you yourself like, get into character as an actor? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great question. I mean, it's a great question from a puppeteer's perspective, but mm. it's like, I think for me, that's what I love about it is that having having been an actor myself, I would actually like when I'm when I'm reading the script and preparing for the scene I would actually like do it myself you know as if it's me and then I think well what was I doing I was sort of like jutting my head forward I was uh, you know turning my head from side to side or I was I was clenching my fists or whatever what was I doing and then I would replicate that um to the puppet and and doing that through yeah it is it is it's very simple things like kind of you know the direction in which your hand goes you know like if you if you if you take and also the way you use your breath so you know if for example you're breathing out and your hand goes down that gives you a very sort of sad melancholic kind of sort of feeling it's it's a it's a bit like that i mean to, t- to dissect it that's what's going on but it's also just like having trained at a, at a drama school I feel like what I'm doing is applying everything that I learned for myself as an actor, but to my hands, it is the same thing. At drama school, we learn about kind of wheels of emotion or how to use the breath or how to launch yourself into something or how to um, express emotion. And you just apply that to your hands. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a bit weird. 
but no, but you you do you do a fantastic job. Uh, I was I was curious. Don't let me. I'm scared. Is a very even though it's so artistically well done, it's just a very strange project to show other people. So I'm wondering if you've gotten any interesting reactions from friends and family uh, who were unaware of the show. <laughs> And then once you uh, once you told them that you were involved, what their uh, gut reaction was to such a such a unique uh, and and for some people a little bit disturbing of a of a show. By the way, I, I think it's disturbing in a good way. I mean that in the yeah. highest the highest compliment possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think you know to be to be disturbed and unsettled a bit means that we have to look at ourselves a bit, right? You know, it's kind of um, that's what I find about it is that it is build as a comedy and it draws you into the characters but it's also you know it really does hold a bit of a mirror up to us I think I mean there's all good storytelling should but it's mm -hmm. like you know there's that in there which is just really what I'm so proud of being part of something that has that kind of uh, quality and content but yeah in terms of my family <laughs> you know I was kind of like um look at this thing I'm doing this you know I think this is probably the coolest thing that I've done yet. Um, it's always difficult to know before it comes out because I've worked on lots of things where you think, oh, you know, everyone says this is going to be the best thing ever. And oh, oh, it's not, you know, it's just, it's, it's okay, but it doesn't have that. Whereas this was kind of a success before we started, I suppose. So there was a kind of almost uh, a kind of confidence that it would be all right. It would turn out all right. I hoped. Anyway, it did. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I, sh I showed it to my dad. I was like, look at this, look at this thing. And he was like, hmm, yes, I watched um, the first five or 10 minutes. I don't think it's for me, that one. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, dad, just give it a bit more try, you know, give it a bit more of a chance. But yeah, not, not really his thing. I was mentioning that having kids when I was younger. The other good thing about that is like when they were little, I was doing lots of preschool kids TV in England. So they were like, oh, look, my dad's on this this TV show. And then now they're kind of older and in their early 20s, they're kind of like, I've become cool again. So, you know, there's the kind of like, hey, my dad doesn't get it, but my kids get it. So that that's the important bit. <laughs> that's awesome that your career has kind of uh, gr grown with your children and you're still doing stuff that interests them. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. I hope it carries on that way. Ooh. that's awesome well speaking yeah. of your career i i was doing a, a very cursory scroll through your imdb page and uh i was unaware before i started researching you that uh you were part of american puppet royalty uh huh? the muppets ah uh, oh well, so how, how much work do you do with the henson company so i've had i've had four jobs with the jim henson company um we've been uh, you know, there's a, there's a historical connection between Jim Henson and London. Jim lived in London and had his um, workshop in Camden. And um, in fact, years ago, uh, when I was fresh out of drama school, I went along to an audition and they just finished the first series of The Fraggles. And I was given this fraggle to put on and you had to stand in a line and count to 20 in lip sync with this fraggle. But I was so scared that this fraggle's hair was kind of shaking around all over the place. And I, and I kind of made jokes about, you know, the fraggle being nervous and stuff, you know. Um, but truthfully, I was absolutely bricking it. And mm -hmm. and I didn't make it through that time. I didn't make it through that time. But it's it's funny then that later in life, I came back to it. Um, yeah, so 
they they were filming but they filmed uh the muppets most wanted um which is actually now it's not the jim henson company it's it's disney now there's been a whole kind of move to disney with the muppets mm. but um they filmed muppets most wanted at uh i think it was it was pinewood studios i think it was pinewood studios in london um I, I was I was in very little of it. There was a huge scene, which is Kermit's and Miss Piggy's wedding. And um, they had all the British puppeteers that have ever performed on screen there. So it was a bit like Hogwarts for puppeteers, you know. <laughs> so um, I got to puppeteer Nigel, who's the leader of the Muppet band. He's got a little bald head and fluffy hair at the back. And when he conducts, his hair goes up and down. So, yeah, that's what I got to do. That is fantastic. I'm, I'm a big Muppet fan myself, so I was very happy to see that scrolling through your page. Um, well, one, one of the last questions I'll ask about your IMDb page, and then we can get back to uh, interview content. But I, I just found this so interesting. So I, I knew that you were uh, doing some work with Doctor Who, but I didn't know that you were credited for both classic and new Doctor Who. That I found right. that incredible. Found your okay. back. So yeah, there's a bit of a story there, and I'm. I'm not really sure if now's the time to tell that. Oh, hey, we, 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 could, we could cut this question if you'd like. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, what I will say mm-hmm. is that when I was 16, I was, um, I, I, I kind of, I was in kids TV when I was a kid because my mum's an actress. And um, I guess I was just brought up in that world. And um, I was in kids TV shows when I was a kid. And I had an agent, but at the time I was basically just a bit of a dropout. You know, I was kind of smoking a lot of weed, let's say. So, um, but I got a message from the agent um, that said, hey, how do you fancy going along? There's this show, you know, and they want you to put on a mask, a reptilian mask and um, be in a quarry for the next few days um, down in the countryside and back then you know Doctor Who wasn't really what it is now you know it was kind of like a bit of a shaky Saturday night TV show that the family kind of watched together but it wasn't it didn't quite have the kind of cult status that it does now so yeah so I I I played a Lucursion with um, Sylvester McCoy in a quarry down in Dorset which is a little place in the countryside in, in England when I was 16 so it's very very weird to then come back to it now when it's been through such an evolution yeah (laughs) absolutely it's been through such a massive evolution and uh it's still going through a massive evolution um so now that it's kind of turning hand i know it's not like fully going to disney but it's in partnership with disney and now getting a massive big budget disney uh disney look are are you involved in that change going forward Uh, and what what can we expect as as an audience in terms of just like look or puppeteering? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. This, this is what I mean. Yes. Yes. I I have been involved. Um, it's as a freelancer. I never know mm. how much involved I'm going to be going forward over the let's say uh, I've done some work within the specials that are coming out soon. And I've done some work in the series one of Shooty Gut was uh, first Doctor Who. There's been quite a few opportunities for me to uh use my hands expressively <laughs> um and in and in a multiple um uh multiple ways i guess um because um 
puppetry in itself is not necessarily muppety you know it's not necessarily you stick your hand up something and there's a character or like in don't hug me i'm scared or muppets but um you know on doctor who they use quite a lot of um reference puppetry so that's um that we have a show out here called his dark materials have you come across that show oh yeah um, I, I i know yeah, his dark yeah. materials so his dark the the studio where um I've been working is the same studio where they made his dark materials um and on his dark materials there was a crew of <clears throat> puppeteers that did a lot of the um the uh, animal puppets in that so they they then continued on to Doctor Who and I've jo- I've joined them I wasn't in his dark materials but I've joined them for his doc- uh, for for Doctor Who and so we do we do quite a bit of reference puppetry so that's moving moving things in camera for the actor to relate to but then the the final image is perhaps computer generated so it's kind of like a reference point mm. for for the performers so there's some of that but there's also there's some pretty exciting creatures monsters yeah i mean you know we had a little chat didn't we before this drew about uh non-disclosure agreements. Oh, no, do, do, don't, don't say I, anything you can't <laughs> i absolutely have to head around this one uh but, no no worries at all i don't want to get you into uh, any any sort of legal trouble <laughs> but um yeah no there's a lot of exciting stuff coming and i think in terms of the new leash of life for for doctor who i i'm super excited about shuti gatwa and millie um his companion and the guests that they've got coming on playing baddies um you know i don't i think it's okay for me to say everybody knows that jinx monsoon has been there recently and um she, you know she's someone who i hadn't really come across before i uh was working with her on the show um and wow what a what a character what a character i think that's gonna be really exciting so yeah uh, i'm excited to see it i i think it's just so interesting that in these 60 year long history of the show it's so unique because it's really one of the only shows that reinvents itself every couple of years so uh, some people who maybe don't dig what it is uh, in a certain moment in time, they just wait a couple of years and the show reinvents itself. It tries something new and it's always pushing the envelope forward. And it's it's going to be completely different six years from now than it is uh, in it's, this upcoming series. Yeah. 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 I mean, if I, again, if I think back of that to that show that I did when I was 16 to where it is now, <laughs> it's like, oh, my days, it's it's sort of incredible. But I think also as well as, you know, I think there are people that are willing to go with it and follow it down the line who are true diehard fans and then there are those who go oh you know i can't i can't deal with there being a female doctor who for example or you know i've heard people say that or um you know or that we've got a person of color as a doctor who or whatever i mean these are all fantastic things and i think what's great about this new change is that it will create new fans and bring new people to it um and i think probably what they're going for i don't really know this i just have a sense but probably what they're going for is to try and attract more of a younger audience which i think they will with shooty because he's he's well cool i'm very <laughs> excited to see his uh his take on such an iconic character honestly with this new change i'm hoping that uh you get you get far more uh american viewers because 
it's always been a bit of a nerdy thing over here. I, I've been really into into the show for a while, but it's never been yeah. quite mainstream in America. So I'm uh, I'm hoping this change al- allows that to happen. Are his pr- uh, in in the US are his shows like Sex Sex Education and things that? Oh, his yeah, his Sex yeah. Education show was huge, and I think that's what almost hey. everybody here knows him for. So right, it'll be interesting right, to see right. see how the audience shifts over there. I think one of the last questions I wanted to ask you is. Uh, you are you're known as, as as a puppeteer. That is what you built your career on. But you said that you trained as an actor. Do you see yourself, or do you often go back to stage acting or screen acting? And what what does that look like for you? <laughs> well, to be honest, I don't anymore mm-hmm. because I've kind of like I've even told my agent to stop putting me up for acting work because I'm just um, I find it really terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I I find it terrifying, but it's it's not just because I find it terrifying. It's it's also that I just feel like I'm much more at home. Where you know when when you're I'm much more at home puppeteering, and when you're puppeteering, you're kind of working, especially on screen. You're working with a, a monitor. You can see what the director can see. You're you're working with that image. So you're much more part of the creative process. I mean, particularly on Don't Hug Me, I felt like with um, one of the directors, particularly that there was a real kind of relationship there where we were able to build that picture together and make choices collaboratively in a way in which you don't really, if you're an actor, you kind of, you know, you bring your performance, that's true, but it's just you and your performance. Whereas as a puppeteer, you're part, of a bigger thing you're part of something that's bigger than yourself and i think that's that's what i really love you know i i I love working with a team of people to create something that is bigger than ourselves and is is and is magical you know i think that that's kind of sums up what i'm really into I could completely understand that. And it it's exactly the case, especially with something like uh, to go back to the beginning of this interview, uh, don't hug me. I'm scared where save for the last episode, there's not a single human on the camera. It is just one organism of a scene of a creative entity. And for you yeah. to get to put a part of yourself in that, I, I think that is so special. And I'm, I'm really happy that you found that niche career that you've, that I hope I'm not speaking for you when I say that, uh, you've been fulfilled by it because it seems like you're very fulfilled by your career and very proud of your career. Yeah, I really am, man. Yeah, thank you for asking me to speak to you about it. Um, it's funny because you're, you know, as a puppeteer, you're hidden. You're not really the face. You're kind of, you know, kept out of the picture a lot of the time, um, which is sometimes a little bit frustrating. But it's also, well, that's where I put myself. I put myself under the camera on the floor. Um, so, you know, it's... it's um, it's good to stay humble in that place. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Are there any last thoughts that you would like to leave our audience before we conclude? Well, yeah. I mean, if there's any budding puppeteers out there, um, do give me a follow on Insta. And I don't mean that just because I'm after more followers. I mean that because I just think it's really important that people are inspired to create stuff. And I think that's another great thing about Don't Hug Me is that it's a handmade thing. Everybody in the studio is making stuff together um, as well as filming stuff together. You know, I'm a maker as well as a performer. I make puppets as well. We've got some, yeah, sorry, your listeners can't see, but I've got some of the designs on the wall behind there. But um, 
yeah so i think if you are inspired to have a go make stuff these days with with your mobile phone and with home computers and all the rest of it you can build stuff and create stuff and put it on youtube and you know have a go i just think everyone should have a go if you've got it in you go for it you know don't hide your light under a bushel make shit make it happen <laughs> very well said get creative and get weird and uh audience that instagram is puppeteer josh all one word puppeteer josh thanks drew absolutely josh again thank you so much for your time this was such a, an amazing and insightful conversation i'm really glad to get a window into who you are as a performer and uh, i look forward to seeing what you do next oh thanks man likewise look forward to seeing what you do next all right take care now